Hello and welcome to Supervision Smorgasbord, a podcast full of tips, tricks, and interviews with experts to help you enjoy being a supervisor. Here's your host, Dr. Tara Sanderson. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking about what can I have interns do with their spare time? This is a question that I see a lot on Facebook groups. I get asked this questions a lot of like, okay, when they don't have a can when they have a late cancellation or they don't have enough clients as they're getting started, what are things that people have them do during the time that is supposed to be doing clinical work for our practice? Now, I think that there are a lot of different ways that this could go, but I want to encourage you to do two things first before you get started on this. Number one, always make sure that you understand what are the ethical and and business maybe responsibilities of your practice before we start assigning people tasks to do. So number one for me is always like, well, are they students? Are they employees? Are they volunteers? What realm are they in? And that will help me understand where I need to like tailor what we're doing, right? Students, we definitely want everything that we're doing with them to be educational in some way. They are doing work for us in exchange for education and training. So the school may have rules on things that they can and can't do, ways that they can and can't participate, in those kind of venues. So we want to make sure we check our school responsibilities. If they're employees, there may also be things that we can and can't have them do depending on what we've written in their job description, how we've identified what their role is at the practice. So that's really important to check on. And then like if they're volunteers, maybe again, there is some guidelines that you've put into place about your volunteers, something that you've written into their contract. So you want to make sure you're really looking at all the different guidelines of how you can have people do things in your practice that may be different from the job description that you hired them for or the way that you were planning on using them. Uh, Using them sounds so terrible. The The way that you were planning on having them participate in your practice in some way. Because we don't want to be using anybody, right? We want to make sure that people are getting um, everything that we promised them and that we are working together to make it uh, doable and interesting and fun as we've got trainees in our practice. So for ethics, we want to make sure that we aren't taking advantage of people, that we're not using our power differential in a really weird way, that we're not saying like, yes, of course you need to dot, 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 Um, you know, We want to make sure that people feel like they know that this is really responsible for them to be navigating and taking care of in some way. If there are school rules, I know that a lot of the schools in our area have a rule that says like they can't do anything that it would be for a full-time clinician, right? So they can't replace a full-time clinician. Or we've got rules that say like they can't be doing anything that that doesn't have some educational merit. So we do want to make sure that we are aligning in that way. So one area that is on my uh, admin time Uh, kind of list is office care. So I have one that says like clean the office you're using or clean the shared restroom or dust or water the plants for my students. That's not really a possibility. That's not in the realm of the work that would teach them something about the work that they're trying to do. Now, do I as a licensed psychologist have to clean the shared restroom sometimes? Yes, I do. But that that doesn't require me being a psychologist to do that thing. And that's not something I'm training another psychologist to do. 
right? So we do want to make sure that we're making clear whose projects are which projects for those things. So one of the things that uh, I might have my supervisee do if they were a student is I might have them research some group ideas. So I would look to them and say, hey, if you're on Facebook groups or if you are a part of some of your alumni groups or what kinds of things, like check out what kinds of things people are looking for. Who are, who are people asking for referrals about? And let's see if we can put together a group that might work for those type of people or what kind of group might we look like or might we do for those people? Because I do think that is a good skill for seeing what the market is needing right now and seeing what would it take to put something together to meet that market need. That's a great one for, for students. The next thing that I think about, so we think about the ethics, we think about school rules, we think about whether or not there are legal issues to assigning them new tasks and what have you. But the next question that I ask myself is what is going to benefit them? So if this is something for students, I always want to be thinking about how is it going to benefit them for them to spend their time this way? I also want to think for my employees, what is it going to benefit my employees to spend time this way? How can I make sure that they are getting the most out of this being at my practice and being a supervisee at my practice? So the things that benefit them are things that are client related. So maybe they need to review the treatment plans for their current clients. Maybe they need to do chart reviews for other clinicians. Maybe they need to spend time updating their chart with other communication documentation like text and emails and phone calls that have come through. Maybe they need to finalize some termination summaries and get some people off their caseload or finish out any outstanding notes. When I think about my clinicians, I think about like, there are always things that fall off our plate when we are busy doing the clinical work. So when you have a client cancel with little or no notice, or you have a no show or whatever, like that's kind of the first thing I think of is like, hey, what's fallen off your plate recently that you can take care of in this way that will benefit them in the long run? Um, to make sure that their all of their stuff is up to date, right? Another thing that might benefit them in the long run is sitting down and doing a training, right? So we have an entire folder of resources with lots and lots of trainings in it on ethics, diversity, uh, specific new tools that are, are out there or different theoretical orientations. Maybe sitting down and watching that training for an hour while you're having a snack would help you to learn and grow and become a better therapist. So that might be really cool. Another question that I ask myself is what is going to benefit me as a supervisor? <laughs> what is going to benefit me and my business? So I made sure that the list of things that uh, I put together for, for people is things that ultimately I would want to pay somebody to do. So inside of the marketing category, maybe they pull together a blog from their blog topic list that they can write about uh, a specific intervention that they do or a book they've read or a paper they've wrote for school um, that would help us create another blog for our practice, right? Uh, maybe it's a mini video um, from the interview with a therapist list, or maybe it's a marketing minute. Uh, maybe it's emailing community providers from our community provider list to see what they're looking for. All of those things do nothing but benefit our practice, right? And they're great opportunities for the clinician to kind of make themselves known. I will tell you that for practices who have 
in or who have interns or supervisees who are going to go out and do their own practice someday, this area is key because you are putting their name, their expertise out right now that is going to help that person build a caseload for their future. I'm a big believer in um, having people launch from my practice, whether that's students who are launching to run their own practices or uh, clinicians who get their kind of feet under them after they've graduated and then get ready to launch their own practices. I really don't mind that process. And um, and I love seeing people develop the skills they need to be good business owners and good clinicians and, and really build kind of the house that they want to live in as a future clinician. So for me, having them do some of that marketing and stuff now where they can start putting together this like little web of SEO that it will eventually connect to their other SEO and their other stuff is just nothing but a benefit to both me for my marketing and them for their marketing later. So I, uh, I think that that can be super helpful. I also think about things like what other connections can we make to the community? So maybe it's reaching out to other clinicians and seeing who's doing what. Maybe it is reaching out to student interns to sharing for sharing their wisdom. Maybe it's creating a little training video on a tool that you use so we can put that up and, and share it with everybody else. All of those things benefit me as a practice owner, benefit me as a clinician, and ultimately benefit that clinician to moving their own agenda forward, which is super cool. When I made this list, I really just had this thought in my mind of making sure that we we were doing something during that hour. But I also want to say that when we when we talk about the question of what will benefit them, I also want to ask the question of like, is this time needed right now? So one of the things that comes up a lot with students is like they're supposed to do 16 hours at my practice, right? I give them between eight and 10 clients. They've got time for paperwork and things. But sometimes, yeah, they did all their clients. They did all their normal paperwork and they're sitting there with like four hours to spare. I could push them to do these things for these four hours. But the question I have to ask myself and I want them to ask themselves is what do I need in this hour? Do I need this time here or do I need this time to rest? Do I need this time to write that paper? Do I need this time for something else? And I think that that's a really important question because I don't want to push my supervisees to be busy for busy's sake, right? I want to push my supervisees to take care of themselves and to understand what it means to build the life that you want in this industry. So yes, did they say they were going to get 16 hours here? Sure. Did I say that I would give it to them? Yeah. Do I give them enough clients to meet their hours requirements? Yep. With those four extra hours, what do they want from that time? What is going to benefit them in that time? And that can be really, really powerful for them to be able to learn how to make some of these decisions on their own. Now, I will say for my salaried folks that are getting paid for all the hours, I do expect them to like pick up and do some projects and take care of things within those hours. Um, For my hourly folks, I give them the option of like, if you want to work that hour and get paid, here are things you can do to work that hour and get paid. If you don't want to work that hour and you don't want to get paid, you can totally go home. You can watch Netflix. You can do whatever you need to do during that hour. But, you know, it is your choice when you are hourly salary, I need you to do some of the stuff on the list, but they get to choose from that piece of it. And then students, I want to have those conversations and help them navigate that in whatever way is going to be the most beneficial to them. So here are a couple of takeaways that I want you to have from um, from this topic of what do we do with that time? 
I want you to make a list. I want you to take 10 minutes today to make a list of all the things you think you would like done in your practice and see what shakes out for you. I came up with about six categories. I came up with a marketing category, a client related category, new projects category, training category, connecting with others category, and office care category. And in each of those categories, I came up with to-do items in there. So I listed some from the marketing earlier. I listed some from the client-related earlier. Inside of new projects, research group ideas, research speakers for our next team development meeting, um, research new community opportunities we can contribute to. For training, I went over ethics, diversity, CEUs, um, those types of things for connecting with others. We talked about reaching out to students or reaching out to other clinicians and then office care. Um, So think about whether you use my categories or not, think about the things that would be helpful in your practice, things that would take things off of your plate, things that would be beneficial, stuff you wish you had time to do, all the things. Take 10 minutes, make the list, see what shakes out, and then start thinking about what things make sense according to those four questions, right? Like what is ethical for me to pawn off to somebody else? Are there any school rules, uh, labor industry rules, anything else saying I can't pawn this off on somebody else? What is going to benefit them, right? How from what from this list is going to make them a better clinician, make them better employee, make them really feel empowered? Um, And then what will benefit you? Making sure that the stuff on the list isn't just stuff for stuff's sake. It's stuff that is going to benefit you or make something in your world easier or better or more thorough, right? So once you have that list and you've put it together in any way that you'd like, I just have mine as a Google Sheet. Um, but for no good reason other than I just did. Um, But once you have that, then you need to get your team together and let them know your expectations. If you can do this in your orientation and training phase um, and make sure that it's in your supervisory contract or in your um, employee contract, make make it really clear how many hours you're expecting them to be doing tasks for your practice and what those are. So if you expect them to have 16 hours in your practice and 10 of those are going to be client hours. That means six hours are going to go to these other duties, right? So you want to make sure you're really clear on what that looks like and whether or not there's flexibility in that. If you add more clients, do they have to do more hours? What kinds of things are in there, right? Nobody likes the line other duties as assigned in their contracts. We want to know what we should be doing and we want to be, we want it to be clear. So make sure that you are really clear of it's their responsibility to pick from this list or it's their responsibility to do these things or it's their responsibility to check with you so you can assign whatever task you want them to do during that time. Whichever way you want to go, just make sure you are being clear with your expectations so that you can be held accountable to what you need and they can be held accountable to what they need. Who? Those were a couple of good takeaways today. Really good document that you can grab off of the website um, if you would like. And your task today, take those 10 minutes and really think about those things so that you can get clear with your team on what they can do. If you would like to be a guest on the show or if you have questions that you would like answered on the show, please feel free to drop me a line on my website. Until next time, take care, everybody. This has been Supervision Smorgasbord with Dr. Tara Sanderson. Please like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can find us at drterrasanderson.com backslash podcast and on all social media at Dr. Tara Sanderson. 
Thank you, and we will see you next time.